Welcome, true believers, to episode four of UCIM Talking MCU to You, a proud member of the Smug Buds family of podcasts. My name is Will. I'm your host. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Liz. Hi, Liz. Merry Christmas. Hi, Will. Merry Christmas. How are you? I'm so good. Uh, you know, we're coming up on Christmas. It's the week before. I, it'll be Christmas in one week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, packages are tucked under the tree and, uh, yeah, I'm ready. Uh, we're making, <laughs> we're making something called, um, crystal milk punch, clear okay. milk punch, which mm. is when you steep rum, cognac, and spices and lemon zest overnight and then you mix you strain that and you mix that plus a 500 milliliters of pineapple juice and the juice of six lemons into whole milk and then you let that sit mm-hmm. <laughs> for like eight hours and then you strain that and it is a crystal clear drink so you're making this and what were the uh terms of the bet that you lost <laughs> Which is Ken- the reason why you're making this, I assume? Kenny, Kenny saw this on Atlas Obscura and was like, this is what we're doing this weekend. Okay, sorry, like, sorry, Kenny. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you how it is, but I had the non-curdled milk part of it and it was very delicious. Okay. You strain out the curds and then it's, it's clear. I'm not totally sure what the purpose of the milk is, honestly, but... Uh, I am interested to hear a follow-up on that uh, <laughs> after it's been produced and consumed. <laughs> and, uh, and Will, do mm, we have somebody? Is there someone yeah. else here? More importantly, uh, yes, uh, Liz, you know better than anyone uh, that for the first time in a long time, uh, we have a guest in what is now a tradition mm-hmm. for UCI, I'm talking MCU to you. <laughs> Uh, Liz, would you do us the honor of, of introducing our guest, please? Yes. Yeah, so here is our longtime listener, first time guest. Uh, this person has watched every Marvel movie before even me. Uh, and she is mo- oft, oft spoken of on air. It is my friend, Aram. Say hi, Aram. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Super excited to be here. This is maybe... The, the proudest, nerdiest thing I've done, and I couldn't be more excited. So, After we did the first episode of this, Aram listened to it, and she said, you know, I've watched every single one of those movies, and I didn't realize it until you were listing them. And then I was like, oh my god, I've seen all of these. And haven't you, since quarantine, watched like all of them again? Twice, yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, no shame. I remember listening to that episode and then going to the show notes afterwards uh-huh. and then following the link to see how many movies I'd watched. And it was it was true. I didn't know it, but apparently I'm an MCU movie fan. So, Well, that's perfect. And I'm eager to get your perspective. And uh, that's a, a fitting introduction. A good baseline, as we, we say. Yes, we do say uh, getting a baseline. And, and you jumped right to it like a, like a true uh, gosling. Um, you, you, you've uh, uh, shown your credentials. 
uh, as a as a fan of the MCU and 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 a fan of uh, <laughs> this podcast, Liz, Liz and my my podcast. Uh, so uh, I have a, uh, a uh, an activity. I, I I've cooked up an activity uh, which will be the uh, the sort of superstructure uh, of this episode. Mm-hmm. In what will also be uh, a tradition, uh, because it's kind of similar to what what we did last time. I don't know if you remember. It was two years ago uh, when we did episode three mm-hmm. with uh, our friend Mike. Uh, but uh, that's a surprise, and I didn't tell you to expect it. And perhaps uh, what you were expecting was a freeform conversation. <laughs> Uh, about some of these movies and now also TV shows, if yes. you can call it TV. Uh, so before I uh, reveal the surprise, uh-huh. I did want to ask you, well, I just wanted to sort of give Aram the floor in case you have any topics or thoughts Anything you went into this expecting you were going to be able to talk about before I take up the entire time doing <laughs> doing doing something different instead. Um, I mean, not really. I think I guess the one thing I will say, <clears throat> as far as like the MCU movies go, um. I will say that the one movie I've been the most excited about in the past couple years is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah. Um, and I've I've probably, I've talked to Liz about it. I've talked, anyone who brings it up, I talk to about it. So I've been a shameless evangelist for a while now. Um, so yeah, I think that's the only thing. Yeah, that movie so, was really good. Yeah, okay. So, so you, not only were you... Uh, uh, excited for it, but uh, you liked it once you saw it. It delivered on your expectations. Yeah, I think it's definitely one of those things where there were expectations. There was a certain amount of anticipation and maybe some dread going into it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then it happened. And then I loved it. And then I had my afterwards experience with it as well. So there was definitely a lot that it was carrying even before it, it hit the theaters. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Can I tell you my one note on that movie, besides the fact that I think it's incredible? Yeah, I was going to turn it over to you next. Anyway, go ahead. The scene where they're doing that, like, scaffolding fight Yeah. made me so, like, it's not like, na- like, nauseated isn't the word. But, like, have I explained to you that since I've given birth, some hormonal shift happened and I get like really uncomfortable around like heights and yeah. like on roller coasters and like stuff like that. Like a vertigo type of a thing. Yeah. I, th- I think you've mentioned this, yeah. I was watching that scene just like pinned to the couch, just going, oh God, the whole time. Because I felt like I was, I felt like I was going, That's. it feels like I'm going to fall. It feels like, oh God, I'm going to fall. I'm going to lose my balance, which happens constantly. Yeah. And I was very, that scene was very beautiful and impressive. And I might close my eyes the next time. <laughs> yeah. Um, real quick, I would say I really enjoyed that movie. It, it, 
maybe is the best of the four movies that came out this year, in my opinion. Uh, and But it's hard. I just saw the new Spider-Man. It just came out two days ago when mm-hmm. we're recording this. So I need, need more time to live with that for a little while. But um, my sort of take on Shang-Chi was that if you line up the uh, this action set pieces, um, ev- you know, ideally, everyone should be a little better and more exciting than the one before it. Mm. In my opinion, each action sequence is is a little better more interesting and exciting than the one that comes after it. My 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 favorite set piece is the one on the bus. Which yeah, is I see first. what you mean. Yeah. And I, I think that's a little stronger than the scaffolding fight, which I also like. And then it just sort of continues that way. I like I like them all. I like the whole movie. It was just a little... Uh, and that out, bus out scene was the one that they put in the trailer too. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they knew what they had. Um, so Liz, we talked about uh, this universe several times, but uh, not lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and things change, and uh, uh, new things have come along. Um, is there anything you wanted to add to the conversation as far as a refreshed baseline? So um, yeah, so I I at? have seen in terms of like the new things that have come out. I I think the only thing I haven't seen is I haven't seen Eternals. Okay. Which you saw Eternals, right? I saw Eternals. The only one I haven't seen right now is the new Spider-Man movie. I'm hoping to watch that next weekend. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I've seen all the new Disney. The only ones I haven't finished on Disney is the the What If series. I've, I'm like halfway through. Oh, that right really? Mm-hmm. That one. So I finished What If. I finished Loki. I of course watched Wandavision. I haven't finished Hawkeye. Which well, is still coming the out. The world hasn't finished. I, ha- <laughs> I haven't finished what's left. Of- I've only watched one episode of Hawkeye. Okay. Um, and I also caught up on some stuff that I hadn't seen yet. Yeah. Um. So I watched Doctor Strange, finally. I watched Ant-Man, finally. Uh-huh. <laughs> like all of them? Yeah. <laughs> I wa- yeah, I watched uh, Ant-Man versus Wasp. Wow, I watched... Yeah. Uh, I think I think that's it, and I rewatched Infinity War, which I texted you about, and you were like, "I don't know why you're doing this." <laughs> that was uh, yeah, that was an interesting moment. Um, and uh, have you uh, gotten the chance to see the new Spider-Man yet? No, I haven't. Okay. Kenny was like, "You should go on Thursday," and I just was like, "I just was like, I can't." Yeah, I can't emotionally deal with this right now. There's also a little bit of a weird thing happening right now in Maryland where. Um, Clearly, I'm vaccinated and I'm boosted. Mm-hmm. Um, and Elliot's vaccinated now. But there was a security breach. And so Maryland hasn't updated their COVID numbers since December 4th. And on December 4th, it was like 1,800 new cases. So I was like, I just feel like if I do see this movie, I don't want to see it in a theater that's packed. Good Maybe luck. I would like to see it. Like in a few weeks <laughs> and okay. I'll go in like, I'll go at like 10 in the morning. You know what I mean? We'll see. We'll see what happens. I yeah. think the theaters are going to be packed for a little while. Yes, I think so too. But I, as much as I um would really love to see it, I was like, I feel like this would be an, a bad choice for me at this moment a week before Christmas. We saw it uh, on opening night at a multiplex, which I think has at least 20 theaters and uh, on Thursday, 
uh, Spider-Man No Way Home was uh, made up almost 100% of all the showings in all their theaters. The only exception was there were all day two showings of West Side Story. And the rest was all Spider-Man. We saw uh, the, which, and the, the kind of funny side effect of that is the theaters in the multiplex range in size. Right, yeah. And so we saw the new Spider-Man in the same theater where I think I saw like pop star never stop never stopping the the lonely island movie like it's 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 at the multiplex but it's a relatively small theater in there so it was not quite appropriate but also better than the alternative in in pandemic terms Mm -hmm. Um, so well have you seen eternals yeah yeah i've seen all the new stuff uh this year the four movies and uh, the Disney Plus shows. Mm-hmm. So here's what I would say about Eternals yeah. versus Shang-Chi. Because <clears throat> like I mentioned earlier, I had a lot of... There was a lot of weight riding on going into Shang-Chi. Yeah. First of all, I am... And I don't know if people who are listening to this know this. I am an Asian woman. <laughs> I grew up in West Africa. I grew up on a lot of books and a lot of TV and a lot of movies. Um those were those were my companions. Those are the things that kept me sane. And I remember distinctly, and I think you mentioned this in that podcast episode uh, two years ago about your experience of Iron Man, like the first one. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember that moment for myself, like when I was in the Gambia. Like this was in the two thousands, um, and. Since then, obviously, I ended up watching all these movies. <clears throat> but that, like, the initial, like, obsession and exhilaration with the Marvel comic universe in movie form as it appeared, that was, like, a first-time experience. And even though there have been better and worse movies, there's definitely a lot riding going into Shang-Chi specifically because I knew this was going to be huge for representation. Mm-hmm. And that was really, really important to me because I loved these movies growing up, but also growing up, none of these movies, none of those characters look like me. If right. they did, it was kind of ridiculous. Like like the Mandarin, which is something that actually Shang-Chi like, very directly addresses in right. the movie. Yeah. Um, but that bus scene you mentioned earlier, I just remember sitting through this movie coming in with all these expectations and thinking my biggest fear right now is that this is not going to be a cool movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is going to be a movie I show up and it's going to be so obvious that they're just, they're just trying to, I don't know. I just thought maybe they're trying to check the box. Like I know Mm -hmm. the whole like mechanism, the whole like Disney infrastructure is behind this, but I had no idea what to expect. And so like the childhood me who is just like, oh, this choreography is so cool. Like these characters are so cool. The costumes so cool. Like these women are badass. Like all I wanted was for it to be a cool movie on its own. It's yeah. all I wanted. And like, honestly, the trailers were kind of lame. I wasn't <laughs> like super excited about it. I thought it might kind of suck. And then I remember like that bus scene. And that was like for me the moment when it was like, this is going to be a fucking awesome movie. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. 
And not just that, but like, not only was it just a cool and funny movie, but I just gotta say Aquafina was like, for me, the perfect casting for that role. Yeah. Like, as someone who's grown up with a lot riding on also like, kind of the stupid ways that Asian women are represented in media in general, like, she is the antithesis of everything, like, stereotype Asian woman. She's not submissive and quiet. She is not, like, the aggressive tiger mom. And, like, this was a movie that, like, not only was cool from a superhero movie perspective, but, like, was very much aware of all the stereotypes that came before it. And I remember watching Aquafina drive that fucking bus down the hill in San Francisco <laughs> and being like, this is an Asian woman who speaks her mind, is living an uncon- unconventional life, and she can drive. <laughs> like, she can drive. She can drive there. There was a scene later when they are going through the forest, mm-hmm. and she was driving. And I was just like, people, I don't know how many people are noticing this, but I'm sitting in the movie theater, and I'm like, this is the character that I've wanted that I wish I had growing up. And, yeah, but that, that bus scene for me, that was, like, really special. Um, yeah. But there are so many things I love about that movie, but that was definitely one of them. Aram also can drive. She can. She parallel parked my car in Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, wow. Phoebe Bridgers. <laughs> Phoebe Bridgers. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this is just reminding me of, uh, yeah, uh, how much I enjoyed watching that movie in the theater and the different things that I liked about it. And it's definitely a better movie than the new Spider-Man movie, which I, I liked a lot and had a lot of fun watching. And it's its own really unique special thing but shang chi is a better movie i i need to i need to take a be- another look at my my list this it's this is a hard thing to evaluate and a really weird year um so last year uh nothing happened uh <laughs> in in the mcu um, and that was its own bizarre experience. And, and what then, was supposed to happen in 2020? Who knows? Oh, well, uh, we were supposed I, to get Black, Black Widow. Widow. Yeah, I'm sure Black Widow was always <laughs> supposed to be the next movie yeah. to come out. Yeah. And and also, I think uh, the first Disney Plus show, which probably would have been sometime last year, mm. was supposed to be Captain America. I always call it that. It's Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. uh, But at the end, they put up the title and it says Captain America and the Winter Soldier. And I get confused. Yeah. Um, And I don't know uh, if this is uh, true. It's one of those things. I heard it and then I don't bother to Google it. Who cares? It's it's really low stakes whether this is true or not. (laughs) What I heard is that the plot as originally written for Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, was about a, a virus um, no. that would threaten the world. God damn. So they had to rework that, and they reworked it into kind of a mess. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, WandaVision got pushed up. And thank God it did, because it just, uh, it, it just uh, well, it's a way better show. Yes. But also it's so much more fun and interesting if that one comes first. And mm-hmm. it's doing this like, homage to television 
And it's just like making a statement that like these characters are on TV now and, and branching out from the movies. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not all bad. The, uh, uh, ramifications and the, and the side effects and things not going according to plan. Um, but speaking of plans. Yes. What's the structure? So, uh, last time when we had Mike here, Mm -hmm. uh, that gave me a reason to do a uh, snake style draft, which is uh, best done with three people, uh, which I, I learned from listening to the Doughboys podcast. Mm-hmm. And this time I was totally prepared to just go into this as a conversation where we would go through each thing one by one. Until a few days ago, I was listening to a podcast called Double Threat, which I have not listened to before, but I was listening to this new episode because the guests on the podcast were... Griffin and David, in case you Your didn't faves. think I was going to bring up blank check. <laughs> um, and they were using uh, a bracket mm. uh, to decide the best Coen Brothers character. And it was a bracket of 32 contestants, uh, four quadrants uh, of eight each. And each quadrant was seated one through eight. And then I did a little math in my head. And I thought, hmm. <laughs> Spider-Man is the 27th of these movies. And there were five Disney Plus shows so far. And that makes 32. So I'm going to share my screen with you now. Oh, my God. And you're going to see... Wow. The bracket that by I Will created. Yeah. So let me say a few words about seating. First of all, um, do you do you understand what this means? No, I okay. do not. <laughs> okay, so uh, not not a sports guy, not not coming from a place of uh, knowing about this through sports. Uh, my understanding is that in a tournament like March Madness, mm-hmm. uh, the team with the best record will go up against the team with the worst record. Right, yes. And then they will work inward towards the middle by that pattern uh, so that hopefully in the finals there are two really strong teams going up against one another instead of a middling team who got through to the finals because Mm -hmm. they were up against only weaker opponents. Right, yes. So I googled you know a a customizable bracket with seeds like this and what i was expecting was like i said a moment ago each quadrant is seeded one through eight Mm -hmm. but what i found was all the examples they had number one going up against seed number 32 right as if I were to take all 32 and seed the entire list against one another, Mm -hmm. which I was not going to do. (laughs) What I was interested in doing is first breaking them up into four categories and then seeding each one, one to eight. I see. Yes. So how did I decide? uh, How to break them into fours. Right. 
I listed them all, all the movies chronologically, and then I added the five shows. Mm-hmm. And then I decided, okay, as much as possible, I'm going to try to uh, spread out the sequels. Okay. And spread out the Disney Plus shows, and they Which would is sort pretty of easy supplement only one another. Some of them, yeah. So uh, what I was trying to prevent was, like, if you list them all chronologically. And then draw a line every eight items. That first group of eight has three Iron Man movies. Right. Yes, so, it does. So, <laughs> so once you spread out the sequels, that first quadrant gets a little thin. Yes. So the first quadrant has two Disney Plus shows in it. And one movie that came much later that I'm justifying it being there by the chronology of the events. Okay. Um, so uh, I've tried to do this with as little personal bias as possible. Now, obviously, that's ridiculous. <laughs> because I just made up how this works. <laughs> but the, the, the point, part of the point of doing this is having a guest means having a third person, mm-hmm. which means having a tiebreaker. There, right. there are yes. never going to be any ties, and we're we're <laughs> going to decide all three of us who moves on in each round. So I didn't want to make the bracket having already decided for myself, right? Yes, who wins. So if the seating is not based on my favoritism, mm-hmm. what I meant for it to be based on is the metric I would describe as bigness okay the metric for what's you know one two etc to eight is another way of saying bigness is like significance relevance their their greater impact so for example there are four avengers movies Mm -hmm. there's one in each quadrant the avengers movie is automatically the number one seed in its quadrant because it's Mm -hmm. an avengers movie Disney Plus shows are automatically the number eight seed in their quadrant, with one exception, because there's five of them, not right. four. Right. And then the rest, I just sort of tried to make a judgment call about how big they are. For example, something that went into that is like, if it's, you know, if it's one with sequels, mm-hmm. that's bigger than like a standalone. Um, and just depending on like, the popularity of the character in in popular culture, you know, Spider-Man is going to win out over, you know, a Thor or something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. So um, before we do a matchup, I'm just going to tell you how I seeded the first quadrant. Mm-hmm. And then I want you to tell me if you if you have any objections. Okay. And then we can start declaring winners. Mm-hmm. So in the first quadrant, I have seated number one, the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Above number two, Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Above number three, Thor. Mm-hmm. Above number four, Captain America, mm-hmm. the first Avenger. Above <laughs> number five, Captain Marvel. That's the weird one, but that is, makes complete sense because of chronology. It's sort of a prequel 
or a period piece. A period piece. Above, <laughs> above number six, WandaVision. This is yes. the one exception to the rule. Above number seven, The Incredible Hulk, a mm-hmm. deeply disliked movie. Yes. <laughs> above number eight, uh, What If, mm-hmm. which... I would, if I were seeding the entire one through 32, I would make what if the the 32 seed just based on, I think it's the least relevant, you know, the, just the smallest yeah. thing of all of these. Because they're all, because they're all standalone episodes-ish and it's a cartoon and yeah. it's just it's it's little discussed. Yeah. At this point. So Which is unfortunate, but we'll get there. We can get there. <laughs> uh so any objections to how I've done that? No, I think that that is a elegant solution. Thank you. Yes, thumbs up. Awesome. So that leads us to our first matchup which is the number one seed, the Avengers versus the number eight seed, what if? In theory, this should be the easiest matchup of all. (laughs) I think the winner is the Avengers. What do you think? Yeah, I think that it has to be, but it is a shame because what if is, um, how much of what if have you watched? I've seen maybe the first four. Okay. It's so good. It's so fun. It's so good. It is also very fucking dark. <laughs> well, the, I think we've, I, I've mentioned this before. I can't remember if it was on stream or on podcast, but you, I, you texted me. The darkest episode is the best one. Which one do you think is the darkest? The Doctor Strange episode. Okay, yes. Uh, I, yeah, I think so one, too. Yeah. I've seen that one and it's very dark. Kenny and I were like, this is, so I had watched the first two episodes by myself. And then Kenny and I watched the third and fourth episode together. And then he went back and watched the first two episodes. But I had said to him, I was like, yeah, the show's just like really fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I love the animation. And it is also quite a gift that we got like 80% of the voice actors from mm-hmm. as the actual people who played those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the people that didn't play the characters were voice actors that I actually know the names of. So they're like really, like really top tier voice actors. Yeah. Lake Bell plays Black Widow, which mm-hmm. is, I think, the most uh, remarkable standout of of those uh, examples you're talking about. And and we got this was recorded. Chadwick Boseman actually yeah. recorded yeah. his parts, which yeah. is wild. That's probably the most significant element in the series is that yeah you can say oh that's the last uh time he played that character um also very very small side note the joke the joke in the episode where the like black panther as um star lord episode where the fact that thanos keeps saying his plan he's like a good guy now ish right and he keeps everyone keeps saying i don't know it sounds like genocide Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like they actually pulled off making a joke about genocide yeah (laughs) but yeah it's the avengers all right i'm I'm glad we talked about uh we gave what if it's due Mm -hmm. because we're not going to talk about it again because it was just knocked out of the the tournament yes by the avengers uh so the avengers advances to the quarterfinals next it's the battle of the captains. 
Uh, it's Captain America, the first Avenger uh, versus Captain Marvel. Uh, now, now, to be clear, if this wasn't already clear, I had my whole spiel about how the seeding is based on bigness. Yes. But winning these matches is based on preference. Yes, of course. We're not here to decide what's the biggest movie. That's kind of a boring conversation. This is going to determine the best of the best. So I want to say one very small side note that yeah. is related to What If and Captain Marvel, which mm-hmm. is that in an episode of What If, and I don't think you've gotten to this mm-hmm. one yet, um, that woman who is in Thor, um, who is uh, Natalie Portman's friend. Kat Dennings? Yes. She meets Captain Marvel and she goes, what? You're a woman? And I, I, I literally said, see, because remember when I saw a commercial for like Verizon or something and I texted you, Captain Marvel's a woman. And you were like, literally, where have you been? It's as if you, uh, it's as if you had some knowledge of a very specific, very old period of comic books in which it would have been true that Captain Marvel was a man. But uh, my answer is Captain Marvel. Yeah, my answer is Captain Marvel as well. And this is only because although I love overall Captain America as a series, like mm-hmm. the sequels, I don't think the first one's the best Captain America. I agree with you completely. The first Captain America movie, I've said this before, is one of my least favorite of all of these uh, movies. Um, still, I still like aspects of it, but... Um, it's uh yeah not uh also not too a... skinny steve rogers well that's <laughs> like 14 yeah. year old boy steve rogers i could go on and on about my complaints <laughs> about that movie but yeah that's high on the list is that maybe the worst looking thing of anything in any of these movies is what they make him look like before he gets buff also you hate the name of the captain america movie Oh, right. Yeah, he's not the first Avenger. He's the oldest Avenger. (laughs) Not the same as being first. Uh, Okay, the next matchup is the number three seed Thor uh, versus the number six WandaVision. 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 Okay, yeah, I'm I'm not going to fight that. (laughs) Um, I feel, yeah, the first Thor movie, in, in my opinion, is only a little bit stronger than the first Captain America movie we were just speaking about. So, uh, but and I, WandaVision was like, just like, I mean, I mean, it's like one of those things that like, I, I'm so lucky I got to experience for the first time, which like everything you have to experience for the first time. But like, I just remember like watching the first episode and being like, wow. And then every episode I just was like, Wow. WandaVision was a very cool moment there for a while. Um, and then uh, last uh, matchup in this round in this quadrant is the number two seed Iron Man versus the number seven seed The Incredible Hulk starring Edward Norton. <laughs> yeah, definitely it's Iron, Iron Man. Man. <laughs> yeah, I think Iron, Iron Man is the better movie. Um so I, remind I, me again what the the other Hulks, they're not MCU, is that right? Like the Eric Bono one and like 
they're not MCU. Yeah, the only the Edward Norton Hulk movie is MCU. I think maybe there's an argument to be made that you can watch the Eric Bana Hulk and think that is the same character, but uh, but it is but it isn't MCU. Uh, and, and of course, uh, the Incredible Hulk uh, was the movie that gave us uh, the villain Abomination. Who uh, never showed up again. <laughs> wrong. Oh, he does? You see him again in Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Right. He looks quite different. They make him look more like the comic books. They give him fins that I don't remember him having in the Edward Norton <laughs> movie. Um, but yeah, he's the creature uh, fighting Wong. Right. Now I'm going to tell you how I seeded the second quadrant and you tell me if any of this uh, should change. The number one seed is Avengers 2, Age of Ultron. Uh, that's above the number two seed, Guardians of the Galaxy, which is above the number three seed, Spider-Man Homecoming, Above number four, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Above number five, Thor, The Dark World. Above number six, Ant-Man. Above number seven, The Reviled, Iron Man 2. <laughs> Above the number eight seed, Falcon and The Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Any objections to the seeding there? No. Nope. Cool. So the first matchup, number one, Age of Ultron versus number eight, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Age of Ultron. Uh, I'm going to go with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Really? Interesting. Yeah. You like it? Mm-hmm. More, I don't know. Age of Ultron was my least favorite Avengers movie. Wow. I Okay, so I watched Fel- – I was telling Will this, and Aram, you don't know this, but I was watching Falcon and Winter Soldier, and I just like – I, the thing I don't like about I love Chris Evans. How can you not? Right. He's a beautiful and uh, endearing man who seems to be a good man in real life, uh, who sweetly has anxiety, and everyone is endeared to him for that. But like the whole like patriotism thing and like military thing. Is that also applicable for your experience of Captain America? Yes. In general? Yes. Okay. And so Falcon and Winter Soldier, it being like, terrorism. (laughs) What does it mean to be black in America? I'm glad that they addressed what does it mean to be black in America, but like, you know, like, what does it mean to be black and then decide to be a cop, essentially? (laughs) I was just like, this is like, and it was so dark. I don't mean it wasn't dark like Doctor Strange turning himself into a monster to be with his loved one. It was dark like you I mean, can't see literally, it. <laughs> yes. It was like they it felt like they were in like some country where it was winter the whole time. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to break the tie and I don't uh, feel too certain about how to break the tie. Here's what I like about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I like Wyatt Russell as U.S. agent. I like the introduction of Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yes. I I like the part of the story that is about the old black guy who was also a super soldier. And I like the story about, you know. I did like that. About part, how yeah. they exploited him and threw him aside. And 
Um, but by like that part, I mean it was incredibly horrifying. But that man's acting was exceptional. Well, and I, I like the the engagement in the conversation about what does it mean for Anthony Mackie, a black guy, to take up the mantle of Captain America, which is a conversation that could have been totally had outside of the universe. You know, like mm-hmm. we could have just had that conversation. Yeah. They didn't have to, you know, get into it, but um, they did, which I think is kind of an interesting thing for them to do. I guess I don't remember Bucky doing anything all that interesting. I like when Bucky hits on uh, Falcon's sister. (laughs) I really don't like the part of the show that was about the power broker and how that turns out to be what's her name carter mm-hmm. i did sort of li- i i liked the um flag smashers i liked the the motivation of the quote-unquote villain quote-unquote terrorist being mm-hmm. like what about these you know displaced refugees and i liked it i don't know it felt like sort of an ambitious story about you know sort of trying to reckon with like uh you know, traditionally, it seems like the superheroes would be on the side of the U.S. government. But in reality, isn't that really bad? <laughs> like, sort I, I of... guess, I guess. OK, let me let me reframe a little bit what I said. I thought that they tried to grapple with a lot of things and I thought they did a pretty good job with a lot of them as compared to what they could have done. But it was depressing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it was not enjoyable. <laughs> so it was like less fun for me. Yeah, for sure. I guess like, so to what you're uh, saying, well, like, I think that's what I liked about it. For me, it is like a little bit of a toss up because I, I don't, I wouldn't go to bat for either of these, right. you know, movies slash TV shows. Yeah. But in terms of like the vision, I just really felt like Age of Ultron was kind of a lazy Avengers movie. <laughs> like, they knew exactly who the characters were already. The villain was, to me, just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's funny you should say that it was a problem of vision, because I was going to say, what I like most <laughs> about Age of Ultron is that they create vision in that movie. Yes. <laughs> who's one of my favorite characters. Um, I love the moment when Vision can lift Thor's hammer. That is amazing. Yeah, classic. (laughs) And uh, I sort of kind of like the James Spader as Ultron. Um, I like that when all the fighting's done, the last of the Ultron robots just has to have a conversation with Vision. Um, (laughs) And uh, but I've said before what my problem mainly is with that movie, which is Joss Whedon said, you know, in the first movie, they have to become a team. Now that they're a team in the sequel, the only story to tell is them breaking up. Mm-hmm. To which I say, no, they don't. They they didn't have to stay a team. Like, like our assumption as viewers was not that the Avengers are together now and they're going to go on all sorts of missions that we're not going to see. <laughs> Now, the assumption is that they are only going to assemble as the Avengers when there's when a when there's a movie level threat going on. 
They're not a team <laughs> like that. Um, but uh, yeah, so both both of these are really flawed, uh, messy things. So it, so it's kind of a toss up. I I think for me, I think it's Age of Ultron. Part of the part of the reason is I I don't want to get into this because we'll get into it in a little bit, <laughs> but it's not my least favorite Avengers movie, and uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is my least favorite of the Disney Plus shows so far. Okay. So reluctantly, Age of Ultron advances. <laughs> the next matchup is four and five: Captain America two and Thor two. <laughs> This is Captain America for me. Yeah, I think so for me too. That, I know I just went on and on, but I mean that Thor was my least favorite. Yeah, Thor. it was like so, it was weird and not <laughs> fun. So yeah, Thor two is kind of a weak one. Uh, it's the weakest movie of all of them in terms of the villain. Uh, Who is the villain in that one? It's completely forgettable. That Christopher Eccleston, one of the actors to right. play the Doctor and Doctor Who. <laughs> Um, plays like the king of the dark elves or some shit. I don't even <laughs> right, remember his clear. name. And like, yeah. I consider myself a fan of these movies. <laughs> Captain America 2, The Winter Soldier is a really strong movie. It has one of my favorite scenes of any of the movies, which is it shouldn't be really special because the purpose of the scene is just to do a real exposition dump. Mm-hmm. But they do it so stylishly. It's the scene where they find the computer that has Zola living oh, right. in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that scene is so cool. Uh, okay, so Captain America 2 advances. The three versus the six is Spider Man Homecoming versus Ant Man, the Battle of the Bugs. <laughs> I'm I'm embarrassed to admit this. Okay. Because, but I cannot keep the Spider-Man names. They they fucked up because bad. because they all have home in them. They fucked which up, is the yes. thing. Calling this movie Spider-Man: Homecoming was genius. <laughs> Calling the next movie Spider-Man: Far From Home was a colossal fuck up. <laughs> is this number one or number two? This is number one. This is okay. this is the one with. Michael Keaton as the vulture uh-huh. and Iron Man being his mentor, uh, et cetera, et cetera. This Spider-Man movie is probably my favorite of all the movies. It's. Yeah. And Ant-Man is cool, but you know what I say about Ant-Man? It was not directed by Edgar Wright. Like, it, <laughs> like it almost was, which is a huge right. disappointment. So for me, the clear winner is Spider-Man. What about you? Uh, I'll, I'll I'll go with Spider-Man too. Um, yeah, I think it's Spider-Man. Yeah. Though I watched, when I watched Ant-Man, I was like, oh, this movie is good. It's yeah. entertaining. And I, I prefer the first Ant-Man to the, the second one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think between the two, I would go with, with Spider-Man. Yeah. And of course... Paul Rudd is a delight in every moment. For sure. Yeah, strong. That's one of that's one of Kenny's crushes. Strong cast. Both of these are very funny Marvel movies. I mean, mm-hmm. they they all have comedy to some degree, but but the Ant-Man movies are 
especially funny and mm-hmm. so so are the spider-man movies um okay last one in the quadrant number two guardians of the <laughs> galaxy versus number seven iron man 2 the marvel movie that has <laughs> i think both elon musk and bill o'reilly yeah. in it <laughs> yeah it's guardians yeah, it's guardians yeah. sure. guardians one of the best also in my opinion and i I think I've to- told you this, Will, and I understand. I, this is the point where we disagree. Not disagree. I think we just have different tastes. But, like, I just don't love the Iron Man movies. Like, they're fine. I get it. Like, I get it. But it's just, like, not. There's more f- interesting things to me. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, you know, the the first Iron Man movie is very precious for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, the third Iron Man movie... Um, I've been I've been influenced by Griffin and David of Blank Check, who are big defenders of Iron Man three, and I think that they have a strong argument. I think that that movie is better than generally it's given credit for, mm-hmm. um, and it set up some of my favorite stuff in Shang Chi, um, uh, with Ben Kingsley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was fantastic. So, it, it took me so long to realize what was happening with that, mm-hmm. and then I like it suddenly like clicked into place for me, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I knew I, I, as soon as it started, I was like, oh, "Okay, I know what we're in for. This is so great." <laughs> um, not to mention, by the way, that um, I had just—I think we talked about this, Liz. I had just rewatched the Marvel one shot, which I found this couldn't have been a coincidence before Shang-Chi came out. I looked up Marvel one shot on Disney plus mm-hmm. and I think there's at least three or four of those things. And the only one that was on Disney plus was the one that was about Ben Kingsley's character. And so I was like, Oh, okay. They yeah. want people be able to be able to connect these dots. The Marvel yeah. one shots. If, if people don't remember were, little shorts that were made for like the DVD blue Blu-ray releases in like phase two, I think. Mm-hmm. So probably, I don't remember exact, but probably like if you bought the DVD for like Thor, the dark world, you got to see this short called hail to the King that was about Ben Kingsley in, in prison. And it sets up that, that the Mandarin is real, that there is a real guy. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's go over the seeding in the third quadrant. The number one seed, because it's an Avengers movie, is Infinity War. <laughs> uh-huh. That's above number two, Captain America, Civil War. Uh-huh. Uh, above number three, Thor, Ragnarok. Above number four, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. Mm-hmm. Above number five, Iron Man 3. Above number six, Spider-Man Far From Home, I'm tempted to switch those uh, last two. Above number seven, Doctor Strange. And number eight, Loki. Mm-hmm. Um, should I change any of the seating there, do you think? Um, I don't think so. I think I, get, I, I feel like I my, my influence from Blank Check might have guided me to give the edge to Iron Man 3 over Spider-Man Far From Home, which... You could, I think you could argue that the Spider-Man movie should be seated above Iron Man 3, but I don't know. I, I am interested in, in hearing about this 
this blank check Iron Man 3 conversation because I'm definitely of the bent that that was not my preference when it came to the Marvel comic universe movies. Yeah. Should we should we leave it as is and, yeah. and discuss? Yeah, leave it as is. Yeah. Okay. So the first matchup is the number one seed against the number eight seed, which the whole <laughs> the whole point of this is there's supposed to be a clear winner, but sometimes the most exciting thing that can happen <laughs> is the lowest seed overtakes the highest seed. I'm talking about Infinity War versus Loki. Mm-hmm. I don't like Infinity War. I will all? actually go for Loki. I was going to go for Loki too, yeah. I'm glad we all agree. Yeah. <laughs> it, I don't like Infinity War either, mm-hmm. but I think Loki was my favorite of the TV shows. I, Liz, you said at all. It, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it, it would be a stretch to say I don't like Infinity War at all. I, 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 <laughs> I like it somewhat, but but I I dislike it more. My my problems with Infinity War, mm. which we talked about to some extent on the last episode. Uh, outweigh the things I enjoy about that movie. Um, speaking of blank check, Infinity War has a defender in David Sims, who is a film critic for The Atlantic, in addition to hosting that podcast. And his point is that the movie is all about Thanos coming in and saying, this universe has gotten too big, meaning the Marvel Cinematic Universe, <laughs> meaning... There's too many characters. We don't need this many. And the movie is all about convincing the audience and making us realize we actually care about (laughs) uh, characters as as obscure as, you know, Scarlet Witch and the Vision and et cetera, Um, which which I love a meta reading of any of these movies, but it's not enough to help me get over my problems with the infinity stones and you and, also hate the name of that one too. Yeah. Well, I, I also, I have a problem that one of these movies is called infinity war and another one's called civil war. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe, maybe my favorite. It, it, I, I don't know if you can call it a scene, but my favorite moment or set piece something like that mm-hmm. um if you take everything that came out this year including the shows and the movies my favorite might be the finale of loki just yeah. the the introduction of jonathan majors as kane the conqueror and ju- the one thing that i like about the shows is um even though there is clearly there's a demand for like a certain amount of action to happen Mm -hmm. in the way that there is in the movies and like every i don't know 20 minutes or something there needs to be an action set piece i i it seems like there needs to be action in every episode that might be like the prescription but in the shows it's like okay there's room for some like longer scenes with longer dialogue Mm-hmm. And just like, just, de- you know, whereas in the movies, it's it's much more fast paced. It's just like, OK, get move on to the next thing. I just I was so transfixed with just the level of explaining weird, complicated shit and like the like dilemma that was being presented. 
yeah. um, by by Kang to to Loki and Sylvie. Yeah, I loved Loki. I lo- and I loved too because if maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, if the idea that they're building up, if the first, I'm gonna sound so stupid if this is wrong. Mm. If the first three phases were building up to Endgame and Infinity War, yep. I feel like the next thing that we're now conquering is the multiverse, right? Am I correct? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that the, I think that there's something else going on, but that's but also you're not wrong. So, well, at least like that's a big part of it, right? Because it keeps coming up. I guess is my point. And having um, Loki giving us the time to sort of let them explain the mechanics. <laughs> Right. Was a gift, especially when it was coming with Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson. Well, my thing is you already had me with, okay, we're going to tease out this idea of the multiverse with variants and the TVA. Mm -hmm. And then to also surprise me with, there's basically like a human god in this universe yeah. who's been overseeing, making sure that there's no multiverse. Like that is way more interesting a concept than I was prepared for. <laughs> and then just the thought of killing that god and then the last thing he says is, see you soon. Oh, I lo- oh it gives me chills just thinking about it. But but my here's this this is the big question. This is putting the bracket aside for a moment. Mm-hmm. The big question in my mind is there there it, it seems as if there isn't a clear end game in the future. It seems as if we're just playing around in a sandbox after the major work has already been done. And what is weird about we, we can talk later if there's time about the announcements for what is going to come in the next two years. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no, there's nothing called like the new Avengers. Right. Or yeah. something like that. And, and, and what I need to keep reminding myself because it isn't part of, they're, they're not putting it front and center. What I need to keep reminding myself is I think the reason for all this all the multiverse shit is that what they're actually building up to is X-Men. The, the, the reason that they're doing it is because right. of the Disney acquiring Fox. Yes. And they're like, okay, how do we justify how do we X-Men. How do we incorporate what came before yeah. so that we don't just have to start fresh? We get to honor some stuff that wasn't ours that came mm-hmm. before. And then usher it in. And I think, and they're, so they're laying the groundwork for a multiverse in the way that way back when they built the groundwork for superhero team up and shared universe and one canon, mm-hmm. et cetera. And the groundwork is going to lead to their take on the Fantastic Four, whatever that's going to look like. And then I think after that, they must have. X-Men in their sights. Yeah, okay. Well, you heard it here, for folks. <laughs> Our goslings. Will is Will is putting down his cards on the table, and his cards spell X-M-E-N. 
very appropriate that we have another hyphenated person with us. <laughs> it's uh, uh, this 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 reminds me that um, my recent track record for predictions is bad. <laughs> we need to address the fact that I put a prediction on the record in the previous episode of the Smug Buds. And uh, uh, do you remember what that was, Liz? Yeah, because I asked Sarah about it immediately. Yeah, that that we were going to hear the song "Vindicated" by by Dashboard Confessional in the new <laughs> Spider-Man movie. Spoilers: It's not there. <laughs> now, to be fair, I did have to go to the bathroom during one part of the movie. <laughs> I am holding out hope that they did play the song during the part of the movie that I didn't see. Uh, oh but it was not in the credits. Um, yes. Spoiler alert. Um, okay, so what a huge upset uh, that I that I'm, <laughs> that I'm very happy about. Loki I'm on the edge of my seat here. <laughs> uh, uh, Loki advances. Uh, next matchup: Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two uh, versus Iron Man Three. See, for this one, I'm gonna have to say Guardians Volume Two. Me too, actually. But but I want to hear I want to hear your take on this will yeah so i agree i think it has to be guardians 2 i think both guardians movies are masterpieces um iron man 3 uh i'm gonna do a pretty poor job of trying to describe what the defense is for this movie okay let me let me contextualize it this way with a, a tweet that I recently saw by the aforementioned uh, David Sims. Somebody, I assume it was just a rando on Twitter, was was uh, mouthing off about something that I've seen many people repeat, which is that, um, that the Marvel movies are... Uh, how do I put this? They're, they're sort of they're perhaps in cahoots or, or in collaboration with the military industrial complex. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that there's there's nothing, you know, there's nothing anti-authority mm-hmm. uh, about these movies. Um, and David Sims's reaction, I'm just paraphrasing, I'm doing this from memory, I'm not reading it. His His response was, I think in all the MCU movies, the president of the United States has appeared in only one of them. And it's in the movie Iron Man 3 where it's about the the government launching a conspiracy to rally the citizens uh, against a fake terrorist. <laughs> like, it's, a, it's like about like... Uh, uh, you know, our government like using Islamophobia to or xenophobia or something, you know, xenophobia uh, to to its advantage. And so um, it, there's also something interesting in, you know, the way that they strip Iron Man of the suit and they do a fun sequence where, um, you know, he has to get by with like just one like glove or something like that. And also, um, they also defend the um, their take on the the kid 
you know, there's a there's a kid in that movie. Oh yeah, there's that kid because he shows up at the funeral later, and everyone was like, "Who the fuck is this?" And they and they sort of <laughs> they do a funny subversion of the trope of of the kid because, you know, he just he he he's very Tony Stark about it, and so he's very like mean to the kid, <laughs> and so like those those scenes are like not as annoying as as they might have been if you just looked at it on its on paper like oh no they're Mm. introducing a kid into this um it it would be a much better movie if um what came after didn't basically uh totally undermine the the ending like the ending is like i'm tony stark instead of saying i'm iron man and he's had the arc reactor removed from his body. And then we see him again in Infinity War or whatever comes after. And it's just like, oh, it's, it's kind of like that never happened. Mm-hmm. It's like the ending of Thor. One of my complaints is that, you know, Thor ends with him like breaking the the Bifrost bridge. And that's supposed to be a big deal. That never has any ramifications <laughs> later. They can come and go as they please. So yeah. what was the point? Well, I have to say with the Iron Man 3, the one part I was like, I could maybe like this, but then I ended up just like rolling my eyes all the way back into my head. Yeah. It was like the scene at the end where it's like Gwyneth Paltrow's character essentially saves him. Right. And she's like, just like sweaty and clearly male gazed on the screen, like (laughs) with the helmet. And I was just like, okay, like it was just so clearly placed that the one part I was like, okay, like I see what you're trying to do, but also I see what you're trying to do. Mm. There's another flaw in that movie, which is sort of related, which is that there's another lady in it who I can barely remember. Don't remember the actor's name. Sorry. Don't remember the character. But she's got. <laughs> she's but got, there is a yeah. woman. She's, I remember that. She's got <laughs> something to do with the plot. <laughs> and then the villain kills her. Oh, uh, yeah. And what it should have been was um, she should have been the villain. Mm. Um, but and I think allegedly there was an earlier draft where that was the case but then uh, not as good as as Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 which does advance uh, which leads us to the number 3 Thor Ragnarok going up against number 6 Spider-Man Far From Home which is harder for me than perhaps it would be for some other people well let me give you some context here Mm mm-hmm when I went to the theater to see Thor Ragnarok, yep. I was sitting there and the movie wasn't working. Okay. And so they had to move us to another theater. Mm-hmm. And then when I was sitting in that theater, Kenny uh, walked out for a second and came back and said, we have to go now. And that was because his dad had had a stroke. Mm-hmm. So, and then a year later, when we did watch Thor Ragnarok after his father had died. Yeah. I learned that, in fact, their dad dies, too. That's the movie where Odin dies, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to go with Spider-Man. Interesting. Okay. (laughs) Because fuck Thor Ragnarok. So (laughs) I can definitely understand that. (laughs) 
That being said, I, I my vote is with Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Simply because it, I think it's an exceptional movie that breathed a lot of life into the franchise. Mm-hmm. And I love Taika Waititi. Yes. I think he's like a blessing to the MCU. Right. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think the I think the only reason why I am going to break the tie by giving it to Thor Ragnarok is because Spider-Man Homecoming already advanced uh, previously. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really, really like both of these movies. And I think I like Spider-Man Far From Home more than the average person. And I think I like Thor Ragnarok less than the average person, <laughs> even though I do still really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that it's like slightly overrated. But uh, I am also a big fan of Taika Waititi. And um, I can I have a hard time remembering the name of the guy who directs the Spider-Man movies. So I think it's John Watts. Uh, so, okay. So Thor Ragnarok is going to advance, but special, you know, shout out to, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. (laughs) He's so good in that movie. I just, that movie was so refreshing, um, after the, you know, uh, huge shot of adrenaline that was, Endgame. It was so mm-hmm. refreshing to watch this movie that was about living in the shadow of a dead Iron Man. And it was about <laughs> like when you see what Mysterio really looks like, not the illusion of him, but him, how he actually dresses for the action scenes. He looks exactly like he's wearing like a motion capture rig, like it looks like <laughs> yeah. behind the scenes. And so it's like very clear that like. You know, he's he's like a director of a Marvel movie and that's like what <laughs> Spider-Man is like up against. And and the way that, oh my God, I could talk all day about how that movie hints at what's to come for the multiverse. Like mm-hmm. Mysterio's whole narrative is that he's from another <laughs> earth, but he just <laughs> made that up because anything could be real in this universe. And so why wouldn't you believe him? Um, and then uh, and that would be enough to be like, hey, the multiverse is a concept that somebody can use as fiction in our universe. But then on top of that, at the very end of the movie, J.K. Simmons is back and he's playing J. Jonah Jameson in this yeah, universe. <laughs> like, holy shit. I, I love a bunch of things about that movie, but I just had to say that because it is being eliminated by by Thor Ragnarok. Um, okay, last matchup in this quadrant is Civil War versus Doctor Strange. Two movies that I like. Oh, I'm going with Civil War. I am too. And I just watched Doctor Strange and I actually had a really weird reaction to it because I'd seen Doctor Strange show up in all the other movies, but I hadn't actually seen the the OG. And I was like, this character, it's like, He's he's so specific in Doctor Strange where he's like this like cocky asshole or whatever and then he like evolves but it's like then that sort of like um baseline for like who he was like it's like it never existed in the other movies. Yeah. And I was like I felt very sh- I was like 
I never would have guessed that this was your origin because there's nothing. It's not just like, oh, you evolve. It was like he was a different character instead of like, you know, this is where he comes from and you can see how that's changed and he's taken his weaknesses and made them his strengths. And Yeah, he's like a very Tony Stark-esque character. Yeah. But yeah, with with none of the... Uh, Charms. Of, yeah. <laughs> also, um, as Will knows, and I, he did actually grow on me a little bit as I watched that movie... But I hate Benedict Cumberbatch with an American really? accent. Oh, it's not with that, the American accent. That's that, what you're saying. It's not that I hate his American accent. It's I hate him with an American accent. Got it. I hate him and I hate Daniel Radcliffe and David Tennant. All of them, when they speak with American <laughs> accents, I go, ugh. I am the same way with um, Emma Watson. Yes, I, I also don't like do Emma that. Watson. Bling no, ring. yeah, that. Really but Tom does. Holland, I can listen to any accent he He's wants. Good. <laughs> he wants to do whatever accent. I'm here for it. So, so my hot take on Civil War is going to be that I think that the Black Panther in Civil War was so much more compelling than the Black Panther movie. Mm. <gasps> yeah, that's my hot take. It's yeah. <laughs> one of the many reasons I love Civil War. It is. Definitely my favorite Captain America movie. Yeah, it's my favorite Captain America movie, too. Yeah. It might be my favorite Avengers movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I pretty much agree. Uh, that Black Panther thing is a hot take. Uh, and uh, I, I, I at least agree to the extent that I, I think that the introduction of Black Panther is one of many very special things about Civil War, a movie that I really, really like. It's one of my favorite. Like, my top two are, are basically the first Spider-Man and Civil War. Um, and uh, I like Doctor Strange, uh, but not as much as I like Civil War. Um, mm-hmm. Just two things about Benedict Cumberbatch and, and Doctor Strange. One, I like uh, his voice as this character, his American accent, because um, it to me it sounds just like Hugh Laurie doing his American accent as, for house yeah uh a show uh that when i was in high school i really uh enjoyed uh so it's a little bit nostalgic and also just the the way that you're talking about the character having changed i think that that is astute and i think that um part my interpretation of that is that even now like it's i think it's consistent that like hubris is his fatal flaw the the difference is that he's he is now so powerful that his hubris is kind of justified so like (laughs) you know he's not like a slick arrogant surgeon which i which i feel oh this is like a rich guy he's he's a very powerful magician who kind of lives the life of a monk kind kind of and and it's like okay (laughs) you can like back up all your your cockiness mm-hmm. um okay w- we can talk more about civil war in a little bit uh the final quadrant is seated as follows number mm-hmm. one end game mm-hmm. above number two black panther mm-hmm. above three the new spider-man movie mm-hmm. uh number four shang chi mm-hmm. number five ant-man and the wasp Number six, Black Widow. Number seven, the only rotten MCU movie, Eternals. And I mean that in 
technical terms. I'm talking about Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. not a judgment call on my part. Uh, and finally, the number eight seed, Hawkeye, mm-hmm. the uh, uh, still not finished uh, Disney Plus series as of this recording. So number one is Endgame against number eight, Hawkeye. Endgame. I like Hawkeye, but there's no, it can't compete with Endgame. They, and they, the fact that Endgame was, even if there were, even if you someone has flaws with Endgame or something, the fact that Endgame was able to successfully complete this arc in and of its, it, just from a plot standpoint, it is an achievement. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Endgame. Yeah, I'm with you, Endgame. Can you imagine if you had been like, I like Hawkeye. Okay. <laughs> I haven't finished it yet, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of Endgame. I'm enjoying Hawkeye. Um, there's a, a bit at the end, uh, very end of the last epi- uh, latest episode of Hawkeye that I won't tell you what it is. It sounds like you haven't watched it, uh, but it's pretty exciting. <laughs> and then uh, it's very similar to something that happens in the new Spider-Man movie, which I also <laughs> will not tell you. <laughs> okay. But I said to Sarah, Dana, and Park afterwards that I was reminded of, um, I don't know uh, if you pinpoint this moment in your memories the way that I have, but uh, when Rise of Skywalker came out two years ago, mm-hmm. simultaneously we were mid-first uh, season of The Mandalorian. Yes, uh-huh. And if you were keeping up with it, you watched the episode where, for the first time, Baby Yoda heals someone using the Force. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the theater and you see Rey do do the same thing in the movie. Right, and, yes. And it's like, wow, seems like they did that on purpose. <laughs> uh, same thing just happened with Hawkeye and Spider-Man. Oh, that's great. Uh, no Way Home. It's very, nice. very, very interesting. Um, okay, the next matchup is Shang-Chi versus Ant-Man and the Wasp. Shang-Chi. Yeah. I agree. Precious, precious movie. Yes. Also, dragons. As I pointed out to Aram, the second movie that Aquafina's been in was Water Dragons. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, of course, referring to Raya and the Last Raya. Dragon, where yep. she is the Water Dragon. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I thought you meant the Farewell. <laughs> is there a water dragon in the farewell no. too? No. My, my joke is that that would be a ridiculous misunderstanding. Um, yep, Shang-Chi is the winner. Ant-Man and the Wasp is a fun movie. It's so fun. Um, I also think that Ant-Man and the Wasp is one of those movies that has kind of a weakness of villain problem. Yeah. Um, the the villain is is pretty forgettable like Lawrence Fishburne and Walton Goggins are more memorable than than Ghost uh, I will who, actually say who is I said ostensibly this, the villain I said this to Kenny and I think that you're right I think it's a weakness of the villain but let me read it's, it's really a movie about rescuing Michelle Pfeiffer well I was and there say, almost like, shouldn't be a villain like, yeah, I don't think that it's necessarily about there being a villain. I think, like, if you readjust your lens a little bit, I like the idea of it being a movie about multiple parties that have different goals. Right. Um, colliding and them needing to then, like, 
um, either fight to like uh, conflict resolution or work together to conflict resolution. And I like when there's multiple parties so that there's not like a clear protagonist antagonist. Right. Um, so yes, if you're looking at it, like is the villain good? I agree with you. The answer is no. But I think yeah. that if you look at it, like, oh, it's interesting that there are these different groups with different goals right. and the relationships between them, then I think it's very interesting. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I've sort of talked similarly about Thor 2 in the past. I've said, like, uh, as as terrible as that villain is, that's, you know, the movie has something else that's really interesting, which is like Thor and Loki teaming up, being brothers. Yeah. Similarly, Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, needs to have a pretty boring, forgettable villain because it's introducing you to five really weird characters and it's about <laughs> them meeting and teaming up and that's way more important. Yeah. Um, so they don't all have to have the most memorable uh, villains. But um, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I feel like part of what's supposed to be special about the Ant-Man movies is the heist angle. Yeah. And so maybe they should have the villain in the way that like the Ocean's, the Ocean's movies <laughs> have a villain you know he's just like a guy in an office <laughs> watching security, <laughs> security cameras, cameras. Yeah. uh okay the next matchup is going to be an interesting one uh, so i i have okay we'll say what it is <laughs> it's it's spider-man no way home uh and i'm the only one on the panel who has seen it uh versus black widow so i'm going to base my um choice here mm -hmm. on two things the first is that I love Tom Holland and Zendaya fiercely. Yep. <laughs> and the second is that Sarah said to me, it's pretty much a perfect movie. Wow. And so, you know, for a Spider-Man movie, I don't think she's saying of all movies of all time, but <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. it's, she was saying it accomplished exactly what it needed to accomplish in an incredible way. Um, and so ba based on that recommendation and based on the fact that while I liked Black Widow a lot more than I thought, largely because of the performances of uh, David Harbour and Francis Pugh, who Florence Pugh. was incredible, um, I kept every time I kept watching this, that movie, I kept being like, this movie is fine, but they're doing great. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm going to pick Spider-Man. Yeah, and I'm gonna pick Spider Man just based on me really not liking Black Widow, <laughs> <laughs> um, which I wanted to like. I I really did. I was really rooting for ScarJo. I've been a fan of the Black Widow character, but um, I don't know that movie. It definitely I had high expectations and it fell short. I wanted it to do a lot more with the women characters i don't know if they're gonna come back or not but um yeah it was a disappointment yeah um yeah i think i'm somewhere in the middle here on on black widow um i agree that spider-man wins this matchup um i have some criticisms for both of these uh movies but i won't get into spoilers for spider-man I, I i could never be a real film critic because um, everything that I want to say about these movies is mostly about what what they didn't do. <laughs> uh, and you're kind of supposed to judge a movie on, on what it did. 
yeah. do and, and how it did it, whether it was successful on its own terms. You're like, rather, number rather one, than, did not include Vindicated by Dashboard Confessional. <laughs> number two, did not, was, was not about Craven the Hunter, which I've, <laughs> I have been very vocal yes. and clear on this podcast and off. <laughs> All I want is for the next Spider-Man movie to be about Spider-Man being hunted by Craven the Hunter. <laughs> yes, you really want that. Uh, which, by the way, supposedly um, there, I, there's an indication that maybe we're never going to get that. <laughs> the opposite of what you want. It, I really, I really don't want this. Supposedly, they're going to make a Craven the Hunter movie in the way that they've made Venom, and they're making Morbius, oh. which is coming out next month. Oh, that's finally coming out. It's coming out in January <laughs> with which, uh, with our dude. As we know, all the best movies are released in January. So, uh, do you know yeah. about Jared Leto in that trailer and then the Kill music video? Mm-mm. Do you no. know about the Kill music video? Mm-mm. I've talked to Will about this, and I'll show you the picture later because he didn't even know what I was talking about. There's this music video for the Kill, which is by oh fuck, what is his band's name? Thirty Seconds to Mars. Thirty Seconds to Mars. That is basically The Shining. And at one point, he meets himself in a hallway wearing a suit, a tuxedo. And um, he sort of almost kisses himself, which is, as Will and I discussed, pretty hot. (laughs) Um, But in the Morpheus trailer, he looks like he's just wearing the same suit, but like hasn't taken it off and his hair is really long. (laughs) And I was like, as soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, Oh my god! And I like made like the photo comparison and sent it to Will, but he did not know what I was referencing at the time. Anyway, that's my I, my take on Morpheus. I still see the similarity. I can still look at the pictures and appreciate it. Here's what I here's what I want to say about Morbius, a movie that has not come out. Morbius, Morbius. Haven't seen it. Um, as a culture, we have totally lost sight of how to title movies. Yeah. <laughs> Morbius is based on. A comic book uh, property and character known as Morbius the Living Vampire. <laughs> you know what is not the cool part of that title? <laughs> Just the word Morbius. <laughs> Black Widow. Uh, I I mentioned my my love for meta readings of these movies. When they introduced Taskmaster in the Black Widow movie, as somebody who was watching footage of the Avengers, I got excited because it was like, oh, there's going to be a reading here for like Taskmaster is like a toxic fan of the MCU (laughs) who is like aping the superheroes for all the wrong reasons. Uh, And then the movie did not lend itself to that interpretation. (laughs) But I agree with Liz, Florence Pugh especially, and mm-hmm. David Harbour also. Uh, fun to watch in that movie. Uh, okay, final matchup in this round. Black Panther versus Eternals. Black Panther. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be Black Panther for me too. Eternals was what I was afraid Shang-Chi would be. And I wished it the best, but it did not do well. <laughs> it sounds like you <laughs> broke up with it. I wished it the best and I said please don't call again the discourse about Eternals this year uh, almost drove me insane 
<laughs> uh, just in in the in the uh, under the constant you know weighted blanket of the pandemic in in my position of privilege just nothing has cost me more stress <laughs> than just seeing wave after wave of people shitting on eternals before it ever came out uh-huh. uh, we have to do the quarterfinals here we go Ooh. the avengers the first one <sighs> goes up against captain marvel in the first matchup of now the quarterfinals. Now, okay, now this gets difficult. Okay, I'm <clears throat> I'm going to put my vote with Captain Marvel. Will, what are you going to put your vote with? I um, can be swayed either way. The Avengers is obviously very special, but also I recognize that some of the Joss Whedon-iness of <laughs> the Avengers does not hold up too well 10 years later, and I'm not just talking about allegations and personal life. I just mean, you know, his style. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm going to go with uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I think that's an upset. It's the number four seed overtaking the number one seed. But it, I... It's one of those things where the Avengers was good and it was big and it was a moment but yep. Captain Marvel is just so special um and so woman centric in a way that is um like doesn't feel trite and Brie Larson yeah uh breaks my brain a little bit <laughs> So <laughs> yeah, she was fantastic in it. I um I will also second that for all those reasons and um I think that um man, I've already I suddenly blanked on the name of the character. Goose, the cat? <laughs> no, but <laughs> that was also a There's sort of a fun connection between these two movies, which is the they have the same MacGuffin, the the Tesseract. Yes. One of my that's favorite true. things about Captain Marvel is that we get to see Annette Benning <laughs> threateningly wielding the Tesseract. <laughs> yeah. Uh, AKA the Cosmic Cube. It's uh yeah, it's this one's kind of a squeaker, but I think that Captain Marvel winning here is justifiable. Uh the next matchup is Number two seed, Iron Man versus number six seed, WandaVision. I'm going think, with WandaVision. Yeah, I thought it was going to go that way. Well, I think I have to say Iron Man. <gasps> I know, it's going to be a little bit of a <laughs> <laughs> unpopular opinion, but it's probably purely personal. I'm not going to say it's not biased um, because that fir- that was the first Marvel movie that I saw and it was just so iconic for me. It's hard for me to compare that. It would be essentially like the Avengers if, you know, I was going with bigness. I think WandaVision was really fun and I loved it. Um, but yeah, I think I'd have to to go with Iron Man. Well, we'll break us here. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to agree with Aram here. Um, it was uh, WandaVision was really fun uh, and special in its own way. I enjoyed watching it. But uh there's there's something um 
pure mm-hmm. about Iron Man being the first one of these, the kickoff, the, you know, you can watch this and, and WandaVision, part of, part of the fun of WandaVision is that there's a lot of different things that are interconnected, uh, going into, uh, understanding it, (laughs) (laughs) you know, uh, and, I I don't I, I think Iron Man wins this matchup for me for the strength of like the it's it's standalone quality. I I want to say too just because I haven't talked about this on the podcast in terms of Wandavision, which is that I part of the reason I loved Wandavision so much was also because of the way that it approached grief mm-hmm. and how part of the reveal of that show was that. Um, you know, Wanda was the antagonist, but also was sort of didn't even totally realize because she was so consumed by her own grief. Right. Um, and I think that I remember at one point, because at the beginning people were like, why is she stuck in here? Mm -hmm. And I remember it saying to Kenny at one point, I don't think she is. And I, I felt I felt a little bit smug if we're going to stay on brand to the podcast that I sort of figured that out ahead of time. Um, But I really loved, um, I loved the idea that um, there's power in grief, even if it's a power that is so negative. Also, we get. um, Okay. Well, if you, if you. We get Anya. We get. um, Oh, sure. What is her name? From, from Buffy. Yeah, what is Anya's uh, what is Anya's actress's name? Um, Aram is also Wasp Buffy. Yes. Is it Emma Caulfield? Emma that, Caulfield. Yes. Uh if I can piggyback off of your uh smug uh anticipation of what was going on. <laughs> mine was um well, gee, uh Catherine Hahn is stealing the show and yeah. she's yes, so so funny. And I and the whole time I was thinking like Catherine Hahn is a little too good to be <laughs> doing the really big comic relief that she's doing here. Uh, so I was pretty smug when when it was revealed that she was the villain. Um, and, uh, on t- you know, since WandaVision is being eliminated here, I'll just also take a moment to appreciate um, something that I loved about it was they build a new vision. It's the totally white vision from the comics. Yeah. I, you know, love um, when the two visions stop fighting each other to have a conversation about the ship of Theseus, <laughs> Yeah, uh, which is, you know, I've heard some people complain about the finale or the last two episodes of WandaVision because it, it abandons the, the structure TV homage that made it so fun and interesting for just like kind of a generic battle between mm-hmm. two superpowered people. But I think people are overlooking the the two visions, yeah, uh, which, is, which is uh, uh, also very special to me. I, the one, one more thing I will say, and then we can move on, is I saw an interview with Catherine Hahn where she said she was practicing her like witch hands, like the yeah. like motion she does. Mm-hmm. And she said that she was like, I was just practicing it in the kitchen and her kids walked in and she said that they reacted 
with embarrassment as if they had caught her naked mm-hmm. where they were like, oh, God, mom, what are you doing? Stop. And I think that that is so funny. Hand acting is, is, is so important. Uh, <laughs> that her kids were just movies. like, ugh. Um, okay, so that brings us to a quarterfinal matchup that I think is going to be pretty easy. It's Age of Ultron versus Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Yeah, Winter Soldier, right? Yeah, I think Winter Soldier. I agree. We were already pretty hesitant to put Age of Ultron through. Also, um, also, you, you, I didn't bring this up, but when you were complaining about the title of this on a previous podcast, you were like, there's no age. Humanity is not plunged into a new age in <laughs> this so movie. I'm so mad about it. Ultron lives for maybe a week top. <laughs> said that i was like oh this just like broke right <laughs> yeah that's an example of something where it's like oh you just like use that these are cool words well sp- specifically it's you know from the comics you know oh it's yeah like, oh, okay that probably meant something in the comics so you just borrowed the title but it doesn't really fit mm-hmm. uh okay uh, Before we move on, I do want to give a shout out to the homoerotic overtones of Captain America 2 Winter Soldier. Yeah. Want to put that out there for the record. Yep. All Hell, here for that. Hell yeah. Well, it goes on to uh, the semifinals, so we can revisit that um, <laughs> later. Um, the next matchup is Spider-Man Homecoming versus Guardians of the Galaxy. This is a number This is going to be very difficult for you, isn't it, Will? Guardians is the number 2 seed, Homecoming is the number 3 seed. Um the these these movies are top notch. <laughs> uh, in in my opinion. The, the, this is some of the cream of the crop. Um it sucks that these two have to compete. So I this is one of those things where you know how you said that I forget which one you maybe you've done this once or twice will where you've sort of said like um this sort of factor that maybe isn't is maybe just sort of slightly outside of the movie is going to be what affects your decision Mm -hmm. and i agree with you they're both top notch um but i am going to go with spider-man because chris pratt has just been so fucking weird recently (laughs) that like even i know i can rewatch that like the thing that sucks about chris pratt is that chris pratt was on parks and rec and he was just a delight right like he was like so funny and like so genuine he and aubrey plaza were like genuinely very good friends in real life at Mm -hmm. you know when they were recording and like that was part of the reason why they did what they did with their characters because their chemistry was so good and then he was in Guardians of the Galaxy, and we were like, oh, this guy is great. Like, look at him. He's all buff, and they made a joke about that on Parks and Rec. And How now, much beer were you drinking? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and now he's, like, voicing all these weird characters and things. Yep. And also is, like, part of this homophobic church. Yeah. True. And is making really weird posts about with his new wife, saying that she blessed him with a healthy child when his first child was born very premature and has a lot of has had a lot of medical issues um which sucks that's a shitty thing to say these are some unfortunate things to consider yeah and i'm not always going to like but you know if i have to pick this is how how could i not pick zendaya and tom holland being cute as hell together and you mentioned aubrey plaza in parks and rec and i I, re-watching the uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, 
I was thinking to myself, like, I don't know if we get Zendaya's character without April on Parks and Rec. Like she's yeah. she as written, she's basically doing April, but she's doing it in a way where there's no trace of like being emo or like monotone delivery. Yeah. She's just doing it in a way where like this character is too smart to be as popular as she should be because of how hot she is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's very endearing. Also, she's taller than Tom Holland, which has made for apparently hilarious stunt work that they have to do. <laughs> and you bringing up Chris Pratt voice acting reminded me that, you know, what this matchup is, it is the battle of the brothers from Onward. Right. Yes. A movie that, oh, I have edits. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have notes. Yeah. Can't think of why that would be. So I said Spider-Man. What about you guys? What, can you imagine if you were just both like Guardians of the Galaxy? What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I could be swayed either way. Um, I remember thinking Guardians of the Galaxy when it came out. I sat in theaters when it first came out, and I remember thinking, this looks really dumb. <laughs> And then going to the theaters and being like, actually, I was highly entertained and I'd watch that again. Um, but I don't know. I could be swayed either way. To me, these are these are neck and neck. For me, too, because I can think of a lot. Of, you know, there's I can think of a lot of reasons why the answer is Guardians of the Galaxy. A movie I love. But but for me, as I said before, Spider-Man Homecoming is is my personal favorite. So, so you could put basically any of, any of these things up against Homecoming, and and my personal truth is that my my preference is is Homecoming. Mm-hmm. But Guardians is so special for a number of reasons. Like the Guardians movies are they're they're an exception to the rule in that the the rule is basically the the filmmakers are mostly anonymous. They're 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 doing they're fulfilling an obligation for the 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 system, um, but the Guardians movies are distinct partly because they are James Gunn movies, mm-hmm. and like recognizably so, and so they just have a lot more personality than your average superhero movie, mm-hmm. and besides that. Uh, one of the very special things about Guardians of the Galaxy is that it just did, it just, as I said, as I mentioned before, it just cracked that door wide open to anything, any, any character, can any, anything can happen. You, you took something from the comics that I had never, ever heard of before and made it one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, oh, okay, now like truly like the possibilities are, are endless. It's not like before. Where I thought like, oh, really, Iron Man? Like that's the one you're starting <laughs> with? Like, <laughs> no, it's like it doesn't doesn't matter what you thought of them in the comics, or if you had never even heard of them. Eternals before, you know. Um, I will say, in terms of cracking the door open, I also want to give a shout out to um, the Taika Waititi connection because mm. he's very openly stated how him watching that movie really inspired him to come up with the Thor Ragnarok, which also right. was, to me, a seminal movie in the universe. Right, yeah. This is why she's the this guest, is... baby. <laughs> no, you're right. There's a very strong connection there. 
I, I part of me part of me <laughs> wants to part of me wants Guardians to go to the finals. But but also part of me knows Homecoming is my personal favorite. Guardians has a stronger <laughs> Guardians has a stronger sequel. Like Guardians mm, 2 yeah. is better than either of the Spider-Man sequels. Well, and that's coming up, so be true to your heart, Will. <laughs> yeah. Um, Liz, you made some really good points about Chris Pratt. I love Tom Holland. Uh, I wish I didn't know a lot of things I know about Chris Pratt. Tom Holland recently just said he wants to be a stay-at-home dad, like, as he's doing press. I'm like, have you talked to Zendaya about this? But also, this is cute as hell. Yeah, I hate to I hate to lose Guardians, but but yeah, I, I for me it's Spider Man. Yeah. Sorry, Groot. Um, <laughs> okay, we'll but, go back. Yeah, uh, son of Groot, uh, aka Groot, uh, is is next. Uh, Guardians two is up against Loki in the next matchup. I I don't know if it's just because it's fresher for me. But Loki was just, I, uh, Tom Hiddleston is so great. And the fact that we got to have, like, it's not like we got a Loki movie. We got a Loki TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, We also got Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson, it, yes. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, I, I'm, go- I'm going with Loki. It is very special and important that uh, Owen Wilson is in Loki. Um, with for- beautiful gray hair? Oh yeah, he looks great. Yeah, he uh, like he was like, oh, this is how I can look now mm-hmm. without looking the way I've looked for my entire life. And the costumes are great, and the yeah. sets are great. Um, uh, as much as I like Loki, for me, Guardians Two is the winner of this. Ooh. I feel I Do feel I get to be a tiebreaker. <laughs> Aaron, you're gonna be the tiebreaker. I feel bad that I that Guardians One was just eliminated. Plus, um, <laughs> a little bit of guilt. <laughs> I love the ending of this movie. I love uh, Rocket crying at Yondu's funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it works because it's very emotional, but also there's something funny about it. Um, and not to mention, one of the best villains, one of the best castings of villains, Kurt Russell as Ego, the Living Planet, aka Star Lord's father. Um, <laughs> this movie is is amazing for that reason. Hmm. I think this one is also really tough for me because I actually did really like the second Guardians of the Galaxy movie, but I think I'm gonna go with Loki. Woo woo woo! Pew pew yeah. pew! I'm still thinking about Chris Pratt, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, it's not just one thing. It's yeah, like thing after thing. <laughs> yeah. You can't be Mario and Garfield. I mean, you shouldn't be either of those things, but you definitely can't be both. Oh. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm a little sad about that, but but I'll, I'll get over it. Loki advances. <laughs> the number eight seed in the quadrant going to the semifinals. Or I guess that's the quarterfinals. I, I get those mixed up a lot. Uh, forget when I said quarterfinals earlier. That was uh, not true. Um, the next matchup is, uh, oh, I think this is a tough oh, one. It's another two seed versus three seed. 
It's Civil War versus Thor Ragnarok. I cannot emphasize enough (laughs) that my father-in-law had a stroke. (laughs) And then when I watched the movie, finally, finally was like, I need to get over this and just watch this movie, that a dad died in the movie. Mm -hmm. And Kenny and I were sobbing. Yeah. I'm picking Civil War. It sounds really emotionally affecting and memorable. <laughs> like you might have an attachment to the movie for that reason. No. <laughs> I, I Okay, admittedly, I have not watched it again since then. Maybe I can watch it again and it will be less effective, uh, effect, uh, a- affective, like mm-hmm. with an A, but I'm, I'm picking Civil War and you guys can figure this out. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So this one is super tough for me, too. I don't like this because Civil War is my favorite Captain America movie. And Thor Ragnarok is my favorite Thor movie. Agree. <laughs> um, Civil War did so many more interesting things to me with the plot mm-hmm. than... Like, Thor is a pretty straightforward, you know, good versus evil movie. Like one strong superpower against another strong but evil superpower movie. It has the advantage of being, like, so funny. Right. Like, the way that Taika Waititi does his own, like, dark, dark, beautiful humor is, like, it makes me excited for the next one Mm -hmm. um, that he's doing. Oh, yeah. Civil War was, like, a lot more complex. And for me, it addressed a lot of the... um, unspoken issues with the avengers as Mm -hmm. like a force in the world (laughs) right um and then it obviously like i mentioned earlier introduced black panther in a super cool way yes he became like this whole like i the scene where he first appears to me was like one of the the best my favorite scenes in the movie um so i think maybe by a hair i might i might go with civil war i don't know yeah, I'm going to make it easier by saying I am also going to go with Civil War. Um, something that Thor Ragnarok has going for it that we haven't mentioned is Jeff Goldblum. Right, Jeff who's Goldblum. Who's amazing. <laughs> um, one little complaint about Thor Ragnarok I have is that they um, there, there's this thing from the comics called Planet Hulk um, where uh, basically the Illuminati of marvel's earth uh agrees hulk is too dangerous and so against his will they send him off of the planet um and uh uh in thor ragnarok they they pretty clearly like took some influence from the planet hulk thing in the comics which i i which could be its own movie and Mm. and i wish that it were um, Civil War, in addition to having uh, the uh, commendable introduction of Black Panther, it needs to be said, also introduces us to Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Yes, that's, that's true. That's very true. Uh, and, which is uh, one of my other favorite things about it. So uh, I am happy uh, about this one. Civil War advances, and that brings us to... Number one, Endgame versus number four, <laughs> Shang-Chi and the Legend of the like, Ten Rings. I feel like I might end up being the tiebreaker on this one, so I want both of I you to go you first. Might be. I feel like you'll already know what, <laughs> what I'll say, <laughs> which is 
I'm definitely with Shang-Chi. Um, there are so many things that I love about this movie, um, both personal and just from like the perspective of storytelling. Um, and especially with a movie that so clearly came in with the weight of representation, mm-hmm. that it's able to stand up to it is, to be honest, like it was, it blew me out of the water. Like my, whatever I was expecting, it was just so much, so much better. Um Aquafina, I love Tony Lung as the um, oh, villain. Yeah. I loved him. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I <laughs> I love Kim's convenience scene with you, <laughs> but him as Shang Chi, um, like there are so many things I love about this, and the the future Doctor Strange um, connection, I'm I'm really excited about. Yeah. So although Endgame is such a a big um, like. You were saying, Liz, like mm-hmm. how it tied together literally a decade worth of movies and characters and plots and side plots. That was like so remarkable. But to me, Shang-Chi is the future in both the literal sense and yeah. Yeah, uh, totally get it. Strong case. Uh, I will give Liz the position of tiebreaker because <laughs> <laughs> I will say it's endgame for me. And, uh, you know, it probably doesn't need to be said what Endgame is. It's the, it's the, you know, three hour long (laughs) celebration of all of these movies where they pretty much literally play the hits by skipping around (laughs) the previous movies um and uh it is my my favorite of the four avengers movies yeah yeah um what do you say liz i um this is something i'll say about endgame which i feel like i've said to you before and you sort of were like what are you talking about which is fine (laughs) um something i love about endgame is that when they find at the beginning before the four-year jump when they find thanos and five-year jump when they find Thanos and um, Thor cuts off his head, mm-hmm. um, I love the idea, and I love how they then represent the idea that um, vengeance cannot create justice. And so the fact that Thor killed Thanos does nothing for him. And in fact, it fucks him up more mm-hmm. because he realizes how useless it was to do this act of violence um, when the damage had already been done. And I love the post-snap parts um, where, like, Captain America's running, like, a grief anonymous, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a GA meeting. Mm-hmm. And I love, um, like I said, all of the parts together. I love the time travel stuff that happens and how fun that is and how we get Loki out of that. Um, something that bothers me about this is that Thanos just kind of comes back. And mm. I, I, it's like, I'm not sure I could suggest a better choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just remember watching that movie and being like, the big bad is just Thanos again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just like a slightly younger Thanos. And I feel like the big bad really should have been <laughs> like in season six of Buffy, their own demons. <laughs> mm. Um, and so I think by a hair, mm-hmm. 
I'm going to say Shang-Chi. Especially because uh, I know how much it means and because I love Aram so much. (laughs) So my love for Aram is greater (laughs) than my love for you. Yeah. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) That's okay. I'm fine with that. Um, Okay, Shang-Chi advances... Which brings us to Black Panther versus Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, I had fun watching No Way Home, but uh, to me, the answer is Black Panther. Yeah, same. Yeah, I will third that. What a strong movie. And you got to make the incredible joke that uh, there were the Tolkien white guys in it. (laughs) I don't think I I don't think I invented that. I might have just repeated that joke. Oh, I meant like you like plural one gets to make that joke <laughs> yes. yes yes it's a fun joke to uh to hear and to repeat um okay so i think uh this brings us to the real quarterfinals yes Begin- <laughs> there's four now beginning with uh captain marvel versus iron man i'm still i'm mm. still gonna go with captain marvel yeah i think i actually am all right if it's gonna come down to the two brie larson She's also the most powerful person in the universe or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, she glows. <laughs> yeah, since you two agree on that, it doesn't matter that I would go with Iron Man. Um, <laughs> and I'm not going to uh, fight about it. Uh, I'm, I'm not uh, broken up over it. Mm-hmm. Um, the next matchup is Captain America, the Winter Soldier, Versus Spider-Man Homecoming, which I have been very clear about my feelings about. I'm going to say Spider-Man. I'm going to say Spider-Man. And I'm probably being a little biased as well, just because I see that Civil War is going to make it, and I like that better than Winter Soldier. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, I agree. I like Winter Soldier, but I don't like it that much. Yeah. Uh, So I think Winter Soldier is like right where it should be. Uh, Mm -hmm. getting knocked out in the quarterfinals. Um, Next matchup is the aforementioned Civil War versus Loki, uh, who is, uh, what do you call the, not not only an underdog, but the underdog who's like having an incredible run. There's a saying for that that I can't remember. I am, um, even though I've been the big Loki proponent, um, specifically, I'm going with Civil War. As am I. Yeah, me too. Uh, it is as yeah. Uh, yeah. Aram calling it the best Avengers movie sort of clarified some things for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I love to be among fellow uh, Civil War fans. Um, and then and a title that actually makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so in hindsight, <laughs> podcast listeners can't see what we're seeing. You'll, you'll get this in a moment. In hindsight, I, I should not have created the conditions for this to be possible. <laughs> the next matchup. Oh, yeah, you should have split them on each side. And honestly, I this this shows my my biases. Mm-hmm. I, I was quite deliberate about putting Captain Marvel and Black Widow in different on different mm-hmm. sides of the board. Uh, unfortunately, Black Panther versus Shang-Chi uh, is the final matchup in the quarterfinals. God, this is hard. I actually don't know which one I think is better here. Are you just going with Shang-Chi like 
So here is Because I know you also have always loved Black Panther, too. I have loved Black Panther. And and maybe this will be something... I don't know if you've seen uh, any of those, like, interviews they did with people in the streets in Korea after Black Panther came out. No. Well... Essentially, the the short version of this, and I think you can just look these up on YouTube, is that <laughs> Black Panther did not do as well in Korea, uh-huh. where a lot of it was filmed, as you know, uh-huh. as it did uh-huh. in the States. Um, my, I think Black Panther is an important and amazing movie. However, I do have some bones to pick with it when it comes to... Uh, character development specifically of Black Panther like I mentioned previously Mm. so it should come as no surprise I think the Black Panther that was introduced in Civil War was a lot more compelling Um, and by (laughs) this is gonna sound so shallow by compelling like I honestly just mean he was like so much cooler Mm. Um, (laughs) and uh, Black Panther I have some mixed I have some mixed feelings about because it's doing a lot of important things. It's drawing from a lot of rich, important, like, African history. But the Black Panther himself in the Black Panther movie repeatedly somehow, like, ended up getting his, like, getting his ass beat for a good portion of the movie. And he's, like, the main character. Um, I liked Michael B. Jordan's character a lot better than Black yeah. Panther in the movie itself, which I think speaks volumes about the character development for, mm-hmm. you know, this supposed to be, like, origin movie um, for for Black Panther. Uh, so that's my bone to pick with Black Panther. I think you're saying part of what I like about the Black Panther movie a lot. I, I, think, I think it's kind of a strength of the movie that Chadwick Boseman, who was so compelling, uh, is basically shown up by almost everyone else Mm -hmm. in the movie except for the Tolkien white guys. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, Martin Freeman is just like... Martin Freeman is almost there in order to demonstrate that, like your attention cannot be compelled by a guy like this compared (laughs) with Wakanda. Um, uh, Andy Serkis says Ulysses Ulysses Claw is a a personal, um, not favorite is too strong of a word, but I just, uh, I I don't know. uh, It's an example of, I like how they took this obscure thing and made it relevant to more than one movie. Um, but yeah, Michael B. Jordan is one of the best of the villain performances in any of these movies. And, um, uh, you know, everyone else in the supporting cast, you know, Shuri, uh, and Angela Bassett and, uh, uh, also what I, something I, 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 uh, like about Black Panther is I, I'm, I'm I'm sick of I'm sick of people dumping on these these movies which which for me happens a lot because I follow I just sort of follow online the types of people who are too cool, too smart, 
mm-hmm. to to enjoy these movies. They they'd rather, you know, take them down a peg. Um, and I feel like Black Panther is the best contender for of all these movies one that is going to kind of shut up the critics at least for a moment (laughs) like you just you can't level it with the criticism that this is too generic too boring Mm -hmm. it's just like all the other blockbusters you know it looks bland like it's so vibrant and different um and Shang-Chi definitely has some of those qualities as well. Um, but Wakanda is, uh, uh, is... Wakanda symbolizes something sort of more extraordinary than, like, for example, like, there's a secret whole other world in Shang-Chi as well, and it doesn't have nearly the same status in in my mind as... Mm. as Wakanda does and part of that is just the con you know the context so I think for me Black Panther and Shang-Chi are approaching two very big like cultural backgrounds in two very different ways mm-hmm. for me Black Panther is like that's rooted in a lot of like like ancient folklore like a lot of different traditions that are being represented whereas Shang-Chi for me what I found the most, um, the parts that I got the most excited about in the movies were about the, like, Asian American immigrant experience. Mm-hmm. Like, the modern immigrant story. Right. So it was the scenes in the karaoke bar, which is, like, yeah. iconic. Like, that is what you do. Um, it was the scenes where, like, you know, you think that, um, I you think that Shang-Chi is, like, this big hot shot in the opening scene and then it turns out he's like a valet (laughs) and he has this like weird sidekick best friend um but they're not living that sort of stereotypical you have to become a doctor lawyer engineer like that whole narrative yeah Um, who can who can even handle becoming a doctor (laughs) i know right Um, aram's sister is a doctor doctor. (laughs) (laughs) like a very successful incredibly talented doctor Mm -hmm. um but to me there it was two very different takes like to me, Shang-Chi is a very modern take mm-hmm. um, with, with, and this is also the cool part, is it spans the entirety of, like, not just, like, the modern immigrant experience, but also, like, I watched Shang-Chi very recently with my dad, who is a huge fan of kung fu movies, like, the old school kung fu movies. Yeah. And, like, he didn't, he doesn't, you know, understand English that well. He honestly doesn't like what he calls cartoons, would be how I translate it very <laughs> yeah. well. Like anything that's like, you know, not a realistic movie. Mr. Han. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what so, a sweet man. But he loves like, one of his favorite movies is like the original, like the Drunken Master, like mm. Jackie Chan movies. Like right. he like rolls over laughing in these movies, the choreography, like just how ridiculous it is. But also um, this my point being Shang-Chi like manages to keep like a like a really firm foot in that tradition like mm-hmm. my dad loved Shang-Chi too and he does not like quote unquote cartoons right he does both that and like also speaks to this new generational experience about being an Asian American immigrant who's a huge like comic book fan 
Um, And that's what I love about it. I think Black Panther does a lot of similar things. And like, there are definitely parts of it that I, I like enjoyed and recognized and appreciated. But obviously, I think in this situation, my my leaning towards Shang-Chi is probably a little bit obvious. <laughs> so so I have I have this is my thought on Black Panther, um, which is I want to criticize your take on him getting taken down a bunch a little Black, bit. Black Panther. Oh yeah, Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. yeah, the Black Panther, the not Black. the movie. <laughs> which is that I feel like the strength, which is sort of what Will is talking about, is there's this sense that um, there's a strength in like black community and that part of the point of the movie is not just that Chadwick Boseman is this like chosen, that T'Challa is this like chosen like king. It's that he is not standalone. He needs his sister who is a scientist. He needs the character um, who's played by the woman who plays Michonne on The Walking Dead to like be running the like that special army. Like, yeah. Um, and that he needs also to work with these other groups of people that are coming from like different physical locations, um, to work with him and, and that he needs to be, have like diplomacy. And, um, I think that part of what makes that movie so strong is the sense of nurturing a community, which is part of the reason why the, like, as Will was saying that like world is so strong because it's like. You know, people talk about, um, like, the concept of, like, black excellence. Like, Wakanda is the manifestation of black excellence. Um, I think, like, the most visually compelling, like, I, I actually, I meant to say, like, visually striking scenes in almost, a, in, like, any of these movies is the, when all the tribes are gathered at the waterfall. Yes. And just the costuming and the colors. And it it's just... It's such a strong counterpoint in my mind to the prevailing opinion that I hear about these movies, which is that they're color corrected to total blandness and there's, you know, nothing, uh, you know, cinematic about them. So all of this said, I'm going to go with Shang-Chi. Okay, yeah, (laughs) that's fair, yeah. Because I think it's cooler. (laughs) Yeah. Black Panther was very cool, um... And I think, like I just said, it has all that yeah. meaning to it. But that's totally fair. I, Shang-Chi definitely has better action than Black Panther and I, does. I also, I mean, I know Aram's talked all about Shang-Chi, and you know, my opinion is not super useful. But like, I, I also really loved the idea that um, Simu Lee's character was um, sort of compressing his trauma by just being carefree. Like the like when you when you learn that he like was sent to go kill that guy, and then he makes it seem like oh well he like, couldn't go through with it, so he seems sort of like a coward. And then you learn oh no he wasn't a coward he did exactly what he was supposed to do, and then just couldn't you know just couldn't he was like I'm not going to keep doing this. Um, I think makes him an incredibly complex character, um, who I think really can be carefree, but also is going to have to address. Um, the trauma. Also, we haven't even talked about this yet. His sister fucking rules. <laughs> yeah. How have we not brought up her sister? And this was mm-hmm. one of the first, this is one of her first acting things. Like, she's been in, like, a lot of theater, and she's yeah. been in some, mm. I think, mostly Chinese acting mm-hmm. things. Yeah. 
but she is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, what an incredible debut in 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 an English speaking film. She's cool. She's scary as hell. Um, and yeah. and they close the movie with her too. Yes, saying the Ten Rings will return instead of Shang Chi will return, yeah. which was cool. Also, Aaron brought up the karaoke scenes, and I just wanted to say <laughs> the callback when they go back to karaoke yes. with Wong is one of my favorite moments of the year. Yeah. Uh, that was that was so funny and, jo- and joyful. Yeah. So the um, that's the one criticism that I I definitely accept um, as one of the potential flaws of Shang Chi. Um, is that that sister character. Mm -hmm. So I've heard some people talk about how the Aquafina's arc, who, you know, I love Aquafina. She can do no wrong. (laughs) But I can see what people are saying when they say, like, how easy it was for her to get that final shot, like how she so quickly evolves into this, like, archer Mm -hmm. extraordinaire um, versus the amount of screen time that the sister gets. It's maybe a little bit off balance. Um, so I can see that when it comes to <laughs> the Hi, character bud. itself. Hi, Rudy. <laughs> yeah, a lot to say. All right, we're so close. The yes. semifinals begin with Captain Marvel versus Spider-Man Homecoming. I still love Spider-Man the most. I think Spider-Man, honestly. I love Captain Marvel, but that so the Spider-Man movies are just so joyous. Like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Spider-Man as well. Spider-Man advances to the finals and it will go up against the winner between <laughs> <This is hard. laughs> Shang-Chi and Civil War. As much as I love Shang-Chi, oh. I'm, I'm doing Civil War for this one. It's turning into a Spider-Man versus Spider-Man situation. Mm, here. Too true. Mm. <laughs> Basically, we're all in love with Tom Holland. Did I tell you that I looked up his age the other day and I was like, oh, I didn't think he was six years younger than me. He's not. Uh, He's eight years younger than I am. Mm. I forgot that I was 33 because since the pandemic, my brain has decided that I'm only 31 and have not aged. That makes sense. (laughs) So I am, I'm going to have to go with Shang-Chi. I love Civil War. It's, It's my favorite of the... The previous phase is mm-hmm. uh, Marvel movies, um, but I I just think Shang Chi's like it's just the movie itself, and then the promise of what it'll bring to me is too exciting not for me to mm-hmm. let it move forward. Liz, you said Civil War, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah okay thankfully like you know most of our audience for this podcast is is right here um inside (laughs) of it right now we we don't have to worry about a lot of people with their eyes and ears on you know the bad look of um of these two white people (laughs) voting you aram Um, yeah yeah, with 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 sincere apologies, I, I uh, I'm also going with Civil War, which advances to the finals, which as you said means a kind of Spider-Man versus Spider-Man matchup, and I didn't mean for it to happen this way, but I already said it. These are my two favorites. Yeah, Will, what are you gonna do? These are my number one and my number two: Spider-Man: Homecoming versus Civil War. I love them both. I think that they both deserve the crown. My 
my personal favorite is Homecoming. Is that what you're going with? Yeah, I'm going with Homecoming. Aram? I'm going with Civil War. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to be the tiebreaker here. Um, I'm going with Civil War. Okay. I'm going with Civil War because I feel like it, clearly I've been like amping up Tom Holland this whole time, but (laughs) we do get him in Civil War. But also I just feel like it is a really funny mixture of um, characters. I feel like it's really funny the way they interact with each other, especially when they're fighting each other, which is hilarious. Yep. Um, And we didn't, I know we sort of talked about this very early on, but. Um, I've only watched this movie sort of recently, and when I did, I was like, oh, they did something very interesting, and they really justified it in making Mr. Patriotism be the the rebellious one, right. and Tony Stark being the one that was like, I gotta follow the law. And that's, <laughs> but, and, yeah, they, and they had the source material for that. That's yes. straight out of the Kenny comics. actually just checked out Civil War from the library, the comics, or the compendium, or whatever it is, but... Uh, yeah, Civil War uh, sets up uh, Spider-Man Homecoming in a way that I love. Um, Civil War also gives us the first appearance of uh, Ant-Man turning really big. Which is hilarious. Giant Man, uh, which is a great moment. I love that Civil War comes down to uh, the, you know, brawl with yeah. uh, Cap and Iron Man and Bucky and... When Iron Man says he killed my mom instead of saying he killed my parents, which he yeah. killed both of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love that it just it comes down to that like personal vendetta. The whole, you know, Baron Zemo thing, his his plan, his motivation for taking them down and his his methods that he's going to, you know, puppet master them to fight each other. What what where what number is Civil War? Well, it's the third Captain America movie, if that's what you mean. Where is it in the MCU movies when they came out chronology? Uh, It's like very soon after Ultron, if I remember correctly. So like, let me just Google a list really quick. Because it does, it feels very, am I correct that it's like very much in the middle of where we are right now? Yeah, basically. I I mean, one of the reasons why... This should have been easier to plot out, but it isn't, is because mm-hmm. phase three is so much more bloated than phases yeah. one and two. And, and there was like weird prequel stuff with that too. And phase four, we've only had one year of, and they haven't said when phase four is going to end, but I assume that at least for the next two years, they're still going to be calling it phase four. So um, it's... It's number 13 out of the movies, 29. So it is almost right in the middle. Right. And I feel like that also says something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's an interesting point. Um, yeah, I think that that was a really high point. And even though Spider-Man Homecoming is my personal favorite, I think uh, Civil War is a totally deserving winner. And I think, mm-hmm. and I thank you both for, for helping to make it happen. Uh, side note, actually exactly in the middle is Spider-Man Homecoming. Hey. So I feel like that's also worth mentioning. That's beautiful. <laughs> um, this is a beautiful moment in history. Um, <laughs> and I feel like, uh, you know, I will open it up to any final thoughts. But but specifically, I think the, the only thing left that I want to talk about is just 
what is what do we know about what will come next and is there anything in particular that you are most excited for there's one thing i want to say which is that early on i said that i had watched ant-man versus wasp it's called ant-man and the wasp i said that to make you mad and you did not react (laughs) i i did you just didn't hear it oh okay (laughs) oh that's all i have to say and 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 do you have any thoughts i would like to hear what's coming uh no i mean i think civil war is a deserving winner Mm -hmm. i will accept this even though shang chi is my personal favorite um yeah yeah, and I really am. I, I'm gonna. I, I think I had sort of filed Shang Chi in letterbox terms in like a seven out of ten, but I'm. I think I'm gonna bump it up to an eight out of ten, and I think it is gonna edge out. It's. I like. Think I like it a little more than I liked No Way Home. Um, maybe we'll do an episode all about No Way Home because. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot. I'm gonna talk your ear off about that movie uh (laughs) one day soon so uh just a quick word about uh what we know about what's coming in the next two years um what i find interesting is that basically all the movies that they've announced are sequels with the Mm sort of kind of exception of fantastic four but they've barely announced that one there's like no date for it uh, but but uh, all the movies are sequels and all the Disney Plus shows are like, quote unquote, originals mm-hmm. or sort of like spinoffs. So like supposedly they're doing a show starring Katherine Hahn as Agatha. That's like a spinoff of WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Supposedly um, the woman whose name I don't know, but like the character <laughs> in comic book terms, I think is called Echo. She's mm-hmm. the deaf person on um, Eternals. Haw- yeah. uh, no, Hawkeye. Oh, in the okay. Hawkeye show, I think they're they're doing an Echo show somewhere down the line, um, but uh, not necessarily in this order. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to get a Moon Knight show starring Oscar Isaac. We're going to get She Hulk starring Tatiana Maslany. The thing that I'm I, I'm really excited for the Ms. Marvel show. I, the thing I just can't wait to see is what that's going to look like. And I mean, literally, like, what are her powers going to look like? Yeah. Because the biggest question in my mind is just, can you translate that from the page to the screen and not make it look stupid? Stupid <laughs> or horrifying? Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't wait to see it. But the movie sequels that are coming... You know, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, uh, Thor Love and Thunder, which is great because it's reuniting Taika Waititi, but it's also bringing back Natalie Portman. My girl! Very exciting. Um, what else? The Captain uh, Captain Marvel 2 is called The Marvels, so Ms. Marvel will be a part of it. Very um, excited for that, yeah. Uh, B- uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever which is presumably starring Shuri mostly. Very and curious to see what that will look that's like. That's going to be really Unfortunate that Shuri is also weirdly anti-vaccine. Oh, I don't didn't know that. Wish I yeah. wish Oh, sorry, Will. <laughs> wish I didn't know it at all. Um <laughs> and uh there's like two more. I'm just going to look at what they are cuz I don't want to leave uh oh, of course Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Mm-hmm. I'll be really excited to see that. And then Ant, uh, Ant-Man 3 is called Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Um, <laughs> I love 
love that. Which would be kind of a shrug, except they've said that the villain is Jonathan Majors as Kang from the end of Loki. <laughs> and I'm just, I can't wait to see what they do next <laughs> with that character. So uh, that's what makes that movie way more exciting than it should be. Oh, one more thing I wanted to bring up, too, was I love that Jeffrey Wright showed up in What If after we had just talked so much about Jeffrey Wright. That's right. With Wes Anderson. Mm -hmm. That's all I have to say about that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, This is also a shout out for uh, whatever movie Harry Styles as Eros ends up showing up in. (laughs) uh uh (laughs) Must be said. Yeah. And did you have you been seeing what Tom Holland's been saying about uh, Timothee Chalamet? Mm, Yeah. no. I have heard, I have seen this. Timothy Chalamet has been saying that or uh Tom Holland has been saying that he wants Timothy Chalamet in the Spider-Man movies as do you know the character name? I don't remember. As a character just, just who is like a villain in um in the Spider-Man movies. He was like I think he should play him. I think it would be great. And I have been hmm. really jonesing um for a movie with Timothy Chalamet and Tom Holland in it. I mean, preferably. And Zendaya. And Zendaya. <laughs> preferably where Tom Holland and Timothy Chalamet are maybe kissing a little bit. Um, but I understand that maybe can't happen. Um, he says, okay, I found it. He says he should play Harry Osborne. Oh, uh, well, Gala. okay, yeah. yeah. That, that might be such meta casting that it would just break whatever movie uh it was in but um, i don't even it's like i like look at timothy chalamet and i'm like you're so weird and then anytime he talks i'm like okay keep talking keep talking (laughs) but like him and tom holland talking to one another i also have started watching videos of timothy chalamet speaking french (laughs) he is fluent in french he is um I feel like if that happened for me, I would maybe have a very similar reaction. And this is also, I watched Dune, actually, with Kenny and Blake. That's right. Um, <laughs> I think I would have a very similar reaction to Eternals when both of the Stark brothers ended up on the same scene. Would be what yes. would happen if, if Tom and Timothy ended up together. That's right. Scene. Yeah. I mean, they don't have to be in a Spider-Man movie. They could be in a, like, redoing of Brokeback Mountain or something. Mm, okay. I mean, a movie so great that you would never remake it. But yeah, but that type of movie, sure. Yeah. Um, while we're talking about casting, I will just say that uh, I di- I decided who I would like to see play Craven the Hunter. And um, he is too old and his voice is all wrong. So it would never happen. But I don't care. My fan casting of the part is Jason Mantzoukas as Craven the Hunter. <laughs> So I'm just going to put that out into the universe. And um, with that, uh, I want to say thank you again. Uh, thank you, Aram. Yeah, thank you for joining us, Aram. Thanks for having me. This is super fun. Good. I'm glad. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you both for uh, indulging me. And, uh, and, and again, as I said at the beginning, Merry Christmas. And also a, Christmas. a Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And um, any other winter holidays you're celebrating here? We're here for that. Oh, and I almost. <laughs> Tell me about them. I almost forgot. Um, Aram, is there anything you want to plug? <laughs> oh, thank you for this opportunity. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Liz, you want to plug anything? I, I'm going to take this moment to officially announce something. Yeah. Which is that Aram is illustrating my second book. <laughs> 
Oh, I sure am. We're collaborators. Yes. We're partners. That's very exciting. So my second book is, as I've mentioned before, is called Braska. I did an episode on that, and I did a reading writing retreat with Aram almost a year ago, and I said, oh I wish God. someone would illustrate this, and she said, I could, and then sent me a beautiful drawing of carrots, and I said, uh, what the fuck, because I didn't know she could draw, and then she's just consistently drawn, like, these gorgeous, gorgeous drawings. Like, whenever I show them to Sarah, Sarah just goes, oh my God, <laughs> every time. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, look out for that when someone decides to publish it. <laughs> I'm very excited to see that. I, I am going to plug our Twitch and our YouTube. Uh, yes. Look for we'll the links in the show notes. Uh, when uh, uh, if you if you like this and you, uh, you like the bracket part of it and also it's the Christmas season, there's no better time to watch a very long video that Liz and I did titled mirth madness which is up on our our youtube where we we used a similar system to decide what the best christmas song was and let me tell you i was actually thinking about brackets earlier because i was i was like the next time will and i stream we should do another bracket to figure out the worst christmas song hey okay look forward to that so watch the old video on our youtube and stay tuned subscribe to our twitch to get notified for because when the, I, for example, love simply having a wonderful Christmas time, and apparently other people don't. Let, save it for the stream, <laughs> which I am very excited to schedule now. Okay. Uh, okay. Love you off. all. Love you, Will. Love you, Aram. Bye, Will. Love you, Thanks, too. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye. Will is on Twitter and Letterboxd at youngestofone, and his website is williamhoffacker.com. You can find Liz at exclamate on Instagram at exclamate underscore on Twitter or on her website, elizabethdeannamorrislakes.com. Our website is smugbuds.com and the podcast is at smugbuds on Twitter and Instagram.